All right, Matthew 28. We're one more lesson here in Matthew, and really it's uh, just uh, something we introduced last week with you. And um, Matthew 28, uh, here, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So as we kind of wrapped up Matthew last time, the, the, the post-resurrection commission. So I'm going to... The, the, here's the birth of the Lord, the X. That's the starting point. He has a life. At the end of his life, he that crucifixion. In Matthew 10, he gives them their commission. The 12, we're talking about. Their commission starts there and goes all the way out through the kingdom. Okay? He dies. He's buried. He rose again. He meets the ladies, the Mary Magdalene there. He goes up to the Father, comes back down, spends some time with the apostles. Let me get that 40 off of there. Okay? When he comes back in that two, two and a half hour trip, then he starts appearing to people. And we talked about that then in that appearance, he begins to, so this is pre-crucifixion, now we're into the post, after. And he begins to come over to John chapter 20. And in, this, in these appearings and in this meeting up with the apostles after the resurrection, we have what are called post-commissions. And they're going to run now the gamut. I'm going to do Acts 7 here. Church, the body of Christ. Paul on the road to Damascus. Okay. So we have the body. The body of Christ. The issues of the mystery. The issues of grace. We have the dispensation of grace. We're going to get caught up out. Then there's going to be the tribulation, the second coming, and the establishment of the kingdom. Thousand years, introduction time. Then we have Satan loosed. He comes back. Sorry, uh, that was a little, little big on the arrows there. Okay, Satan's loosed. There's a deception. Fire from God kills them all. Then we have the great white throne judgment. And then we go into the new heaven and the new earth. Now, we've been through this in our studies in great detail. What I want to do is that there, there are five post-resurrection commissions. And I want to just look at them. Read them, look at them, talk about them, put them up here. We're going to start in John 20. That's okay. Because John 20 and verse number 22. If you start in verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week. So this is on Resurrection Sunday. First day of the week. This commission that he's going to tell, he's going to give to the, to, to the disciples, Thomas is not there. Okay, verse 28, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. He's going to get Thomas later. So he's talking here, when the doors were shut, verse 19, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and, and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace be unto you. By the way, this is the second time he said, peace be unto them. First time he said, peace be unto them, it had to do with their, 
the, the, their, the condition they were in at the moment about him going and dying. Now, so their heart, you know, oh my goodness, he's dead. Now he's going to say, peace be unto them, as now he's going to say, there's something for you to go and do. Verse 20, and when he, I'm sorry, the first piece in verse 19, he's dead. Their hearts are pounding, they're nervous, they're in lockdown. Verse, 21, verse 20, and when he had, set, had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his sides. Then were the disciples glad when they saw him. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. So there's the second piece. We've got some work to do. We've got some things to do for you to do. And you're going to have to have some peace about this because he's about to unload something on them that's just going to kind of, he's not going to load something. He's going to unload someone on them. Verse 20 there. And when he had, said, had set, so said, he showed them, or verse 21, sorry. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. Uh, he's going to be fulfilling some stuff in the Old Testament and Isaiah back there about sent him uh, the, the ones that my father gave me, the little ones, now I'm sending them and so forth. Verse 22, and when he had said thus, by the way, verse 21 there, even so send I use. This is not Matthew 10 where he's going to send them out. This is a, there's something else now that's going to happen kind of a secondary issue you're going to have to deal with. Verse 22, when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The breathing there, you go back in the Old Testament, and it's a fulfillment in type. Verse 23, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So in Luke 20, 22 and 23 here, which is the first of these post-resurrection sendings, he is giving them, you're going to have to go do something now, but here's the authority on which you're going to do. Who, who can remit sins? Not, not some dumb, not some sinner man, a man that's a sinner. The only person that can do that is God. Uh, actually, the, well, the Godhead can do it. But who did he just breathe on them and says what? Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now, who, what's going to happen here in Acts 2 is what are they going to get? In Acts 2, what do they get? The Holy Ghost. Here they're getting a fort. There's not a lot of time between this passage and Acts two, okay? There's really there's not. It, it's it's it, there's in Acts chapter one. We'll get over there. He spent forty days with them. This is part of the forty day, you know, that time period there, okay? So in Acts two, we have the Holy Ghost. And by the way, the Holy Ghost can't come Acts two until the Lord's been glorified, sitting at the right vent. So. What John 20 is doing, again, this is an early appearance. It's in the evening hours, those early hours. Thomas is not there yet. If you think about those 14 appearances we talked about last week, this is an early appearance. And he says, listen, guys, you're going to have to go do some things, and you're going to do it in the authority of me. He, they have authority to act in his absence now because he's giving them the Holy Spirit. Now, he has already given them authority back in Matthew 16. Whatever you bind and loose will be bound and loose, you know, in on earth will be up in heaven. He gave that to Peter, chapter 20, gives it to the little flock with two or three are gathered. You make the agreement, it's done, Okay. But this now, but who, by the way, Matthew 16 and 20, he's there. Here, he's, he's going to ascend. He's going to leave them. Now they have the working of the Holy Spirit in their life. Now they are equipped to go out now and to go to work. Obviously, they know nothing about Paul, okay? And they're going to get over here, and they're ready to go 
again, here into here. That's where they're, that's where they're thinking. That's where, that's been the whole thing back here with this little flock going into the kingdom. While I'm gone, occupy. You got a job to do. Occupy. You got work to do. Again, interruption there, but we got work to do. So the first, now come over with me to Luke 24. The first of these commissions, post-resurrection commissions, are design, is designed, John 20, 23, 20, or actually 22 and 23, I'm going to send you, just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you, and I'm sending you with authority. Now, Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1, Luke volume 1 and Luke volume 2, is where we're at here now in Luke 24. So if you look at Luke 24, again, just kind of remind us, verse 44, because what's going to happen is, is there's going to be a progression here across as we go through. All right? Luke 24, verse 44. Let me do this. Acts, this Luke 24 and Acts 1, just as John is about authority, this is going to be the order of their go. He just, he's going to tell them to go. Here's the order of it. Here's how you're going to go, where you're going to go. Remember back here in Matthew 10, he said, when you go, don't worry about taking a stay for shoes or any of that. It'll all be provided. So we're going to have some of that instruction here now. <clears throat> okay. Luke 24, verse 44. And he said unto them, again, by the way, he's just appeared to them. Back up there in verse 36, peace be unto you. He says, here, behold, my hands, verse 39, and my feet. Then he sits and eats with them, the fish and the honeycomb. So we're all on that same day. He just gave them the authority pitch. It's the same room as John 20. And now he's going to give them the order. I'm sending you out in, in authority, and here's the order in which you're going to go in. Okay? Verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. You see that word, then? We're on day one after post-resurrection, and what's he doing? Opening their understanding up. He doesn't wait 40 days and do it when the Holy Ghost... He's doing it right away. <clears throat> Hold on to Luke here. Run back to John. And uh, I'll show you why that's important to grasp or to catch. Go back there to John 20. John 20 and verse number 9. John 20 and verse number 9. Mary Magdalene did... She's been up there. She went running, got Peter and John. They go up, verse 6. He goes in, see where the linen cloths lay. They find the napkin, verse 7. Verse 8, then went in also the other disciple, that's John, and, okay, he saw and believed. Verse 9, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. You see, they're still having resurrection morning, they're still having issues with understanding the scripture, Luke 24, 44, 45. By the end of that afternoon, evening, he is opening their understanding. Now watch what he does, verse 46. And Luke 24, 46. Luke 24, 46. Down, set, hike. Luke 24, 46. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning where? Jerusalem. I did it in a different color. Where are they supposed to start? This is day one. You've got authority, and you're going to start 
in Jerusalem. They are to begin in Jerusalem, verse 48, and ye are witnesses of these things. They are to start in Jerusalem, verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high. That is Acts. Come on over to Acts. <clears throat> they are to sit where? <laughs> in Jerusalem. They're to start in Jerusalem. If you come over to Acts chapter 1. This is going to link in. So what Luke is looking towards, Luke ends looking towards Acts. Specifically, day of Pentecost. But look at Acts 1. Because Acts 1, verse 6, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons, or, or I'm sorry, to know the times or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So what are they waiting for? They're waiting for the power. They're waiting for Acts 2 to happen. They're wait. okay? They have authority. They know it's coming. Then he says, verse 8, And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, then where? Judea. Right? Judea and in Samaria. Okay? And then where? Then the uttermost parts of the world. So we've got an order. Which or the order in which they are to proceed. They are to go. By the way, Judah is the southern tribes. Samaria is the northern tribes. What do they do? They got an order. Now, they know, they understand their authority. Now they understand the order in which they're to proceed. Okay? They're going. What are they going? Uh, verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, when they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him. Out of their sight. So think about this. John 20 is day of the resurrection. Luke 2 is the day of the resurrection. But Acts 1 is at the end of the 40 days that he spent with them. Because where's he going? He's ascending up. And what do they know that they're to be doing here all the way out? They're to be going to Judea, starting in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Okay? They know the plan. This is the plan. I'm leaving, guys. I'm out of here. And you guys got to care. You got to occupy. You got to keep going. You got to do. This is the goal because we're headed over here to the kingdom. That's where we're headed. Now, if you look at the book of Acts, guess what happens? Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 5. Well, actually, Acts 1 there. Look at verse 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. It's about two miles outside of town. But where are they? They're in Jerusalem. They stand there looking there, the, verse 10 and 11, and the angels say, well, you stand up here gazing, getting to Jerusalem. You got to go to you, you know the plan. It's time to go work the plan now, guys. Chapter 2, verse 5, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews devout of every nation. And you know what happens from chapter 1? Chapter 2, they're in Jerusalem. Chapter 3, guess where they're at? Jerusalem. Chapter 4, they're in Jerusalem. Chapter 5, they're in Jerusalem. Chapter 6, they're in Jerusalem. Chapter 7, they're in Jerusalem. Now, in chapter 7, with the stoning of Stephen, and that last blaspheme of the Holy Spirit, 
broke that unpardonable rule of Matthew 12. When Stephen looks at them and calls them uncircumcised in heart and ears, verse 51, that is the fall of the nation of Israel spiritually. Politically, they've already, they fell way back in, under Nebuchadnezzar. Spiritually, the fall happens. Now, verse 8, I'm sorry, chapter 8. Verse 1, and Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church, which was at where? Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for who? The apostles. But wait a minute. The apostles were told, start in Jerusalem, then work to Judea, Samaria, and the world. The little flock's been scattered into those next components, but the apostles still, Jerusalem isn't ready yet. They're not fixed. So then what happens in Acts 8? Well, in Acts 8, you have Philip, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And they have a great... Uh, so Judea and Samaria, they're ready. Philip goes over to the Ethiopian there. There's the world, picture of the world, and guess what? They're ready, but who's not ready? Jerusalem. That's why, starting in Acts 9, with the stoning of Steve, or with uh, uh, Paul, Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, he says he's a chosen vessel. He's going where? He's going to go to, he's going to bear my name to before the Gentiles and kings, and then Israel. So the, the order's all out of whack. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's amazing to me that you would hinge any doctrine on the book of Acts because the order is now out of whack. In Acts 9, it's Gentiles, kings, and then Israel. Here it's what? Israel, 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 and then the world. It's all out of whack. By the way, you go into Acts 2.38 and you read how the order of their redemption or their remissions of sins, and it's in an order. You get later on, and guess what? That order gets all out of whack. So by the time, so here, my point is, is in these post-commissions, the first three get them up here to the fall, and then the diminishing away. Okay? Now, come back with me to... Or come over with me to Mark 16. Let's just look at the next one on the timeline. Mark 16. So you come to Mark 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome, 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 Salomi, Salome, better than baloney, I guess had brought sp sweet spices that they may come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. That's how you know the timing. The verse just told you. So where, what day of, of, of the week are we on here? <laughs> We're on that first day again, okay? Now, drop down. He, he, they go, verse 7, go tell the disciples and Peter, and they come. Verse 12, and after he had uh, appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country, uh, that's the two on the road to Emmaus and so forth, even he, afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. So now where are we? We're, we're back over here where John and Luke happened, aren't we? We're, we're Mark 16, but we're on day one, aren't we? See how that went? Day one. It's like on that first day, he had them, and he's given them information. Uh, and unbraided them with their uh, unbelief, verse 14, and the hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said, unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Notice verse 16 carefully. The issue is believing. The issue is not getting baptized. It says, He that believeth not shall be damned. But now, notice verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That sounds similar to Matthew 28, doesn't it? Right. See, Matthew 28 sits out over here in the kingdom. But what have they been, what has the Lord been telling them all through Matthew, especially the last chapters of Matthew that we were going through, 23, 24, 20, 19, 20? He says, listen. You've got some tribulation time coming before we get into the kingdom. And in the tribulation period of time, the 70th week of Daniel, you need to understand what's going to happen. You've had a pretty easy go back here. Even though Saul gets them and there's some attack and Herod gets James and stuff like that. But over here, you've got a different adversary you got the Antichrist. So notice what he tells them, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, Notice that. There's, they can deal with devils. Okay. The, they can deal, they're going to speak new tongues. By the way, where did that start? That's a reintroduction from Acts 2. Okay. Then they can handle the serpent. I'm going to find it there. They can take up serpents. It's interesting when you study that out, it's not necessarily always snakes. <laughs> okay. Uh, then you can uh, drink the deadly thing, and then you can heal the sick. The devils and healing the sick are the two great signs of the kingdom that they're going to come out here and do. The new tongues is a great reversal of the Tower of Babel curse, but also it says Zechariah over there says ten Gentiles out of every nation are going to pick up under one Jew, and they're going to be talking about going into the kingdom. They got a new tongue. That thing started back here. It never stopped. If Paul didn't happen, it's going to flow right in. The serpent thing... Uh, Look over at Revelation 6. People, oh, they can handle snakes. It's not always snakes. Uh, look at Revelation 6, and look at verse... Oh. Well, verse 8. 6, 8. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse... And his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. By the way, his name is not death and hell. That's death, because there's a comma there. And then what? And hell followed him. So the guy's name is death. And back in Isaiah 28, <laughs> where this comes out of, Isaiah 28. i get back there. Isaiah 28. Verse 14, Wherefore hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people which is in Jerusalem, because ye have said we have made a covenant with death, comma, and with hell are we in agreement. That's that agreement they make with the Antichrist. The start of the 70th week of Daniel is here in Revelation 6, and it's the, that agreement with death, with the Antichrist. Revelation 6, verse 8, look at it again here, and he says, And hell followed, and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. 
You see that thing about the beast of the earth? That's represented in the serpents. Because when you go back to Genesis 3, and he, where God curses um, Satan, Genesis 3.14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, and again, serpent here is a description of their character of Satan, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. See how that issue of beast is associated with serpent? It's all, that way all through Scripture. So come over to chapter uh, Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter 9. And look at verse 3. Revelation 9, 3. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. So you got locusts, you got scorpions, you got all these different beasts. And in Mark 16, it falls under that issue of serpents. Now you still got Revelation, right? 9. Now look back at chapter 8. Revelation 8, if you will. And look here at verse number. 10, Revelation 8, 10. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. So this star falls, and it hits the waters. Verse 11. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made, what? Bitter. Well, that believing remnant could go over there, take their, their hydro flask, their Yeti cup, dump it in there, pull it out, and we're good to go. Why? because they've been endued, endowed with some powers here that comes from the authority of the Holy Spirit as they're working out their program. You follow? Okay. So what you have here is in Mark 16, um, is you have these events here that's going to enable them, one, to carry on through the 70th week of Daniel, as far as dealing with the onslaught of the adversary, but then also, because of the new tongue issue, they have the ability to still do and t preach to every creature. What does he say there in, in Mark 16? Preach the gospel to every creature. They still can do that. By the way, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Guess what's going to be over here? Preach the gospel, to, okay? The kingdom gospel. But the thing is in Mark 16 is they have the ability to have ministry and be protected. It's interesting in Mark, uh, in, there in the book of the Revelation, the only way that these guys are killed is that they are beheaded. It's very, in Revelation 2 there, uh, where the overcomers, uh, verse 10, Revelation 2, 10, fear, no, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. They can suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So they're to be faithful unto death. Verse 11 there at the end, He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. But if you come over to chapter 20 of Revelation, chapter 20 and verse number 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of, Christ, of Jesus and for the word of God which hath not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither given, and so forth. Well, come over to chapter 6 and verse 9. He says, And when he had opened 
the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the saints of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they had. The only thing in Revelation that I have ever been able to find where these people are slain is that they're beheaded. Why? They have the Holy Spirit in them that nothing can really hurt them unless you lose your head. <laughs> you know? You know, I, we were watching some kind of vampire movie or show the other day, and the only way you can kill them is take their heads off. Well, that's the only way you can... They had this ability. They learned this on day one. Could you imagine sitting there going, oh, okay, cool, we can't die. <laughs> well, they could, but you know what I mean? It was just, they have this ability because we're not in the way. They don't know anything about us. They're looking at 40 days... An additional year, that's the start. Seven years. Again, their understanding of the scripture is fully open now. Luke 24, 45. Seven years, and then we're here. We got to make it eight and a half years, guys. That's all we got to do. That's their thinking. At least it should have been. And they're going to make it to there. Now, Matthew 28 which is where we ended Matthew last time. Matthew 28 and verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Now, we've, we've studied this. We've talked about this. This is not day one. This is sometime later. This is at least eight days later, because Thomas is here. He's involved. And in John, it's eight days later does he get to Thomas to get him brought up. So this timing-wise on that, I, we don't know. It is before Acts 1, though, the 40th day. Because on the, 40, at the end of the 40 days, he's gone. And the last thing he says to him is Acts 1, verse 8. Start in Jerusalem, Judea. Okay, tribulation, we're covered, now here in Matthew, so I'm not sure of what, on the, I just know it's not on the resurrection day, it's much, it's later in the 40 days, prior to the Acts 1, if you, if you under, kind of see that thinking. Verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations. And again, Numbers 23, we looked at this last time. They're not to be numbered among the nations. They're to be separated out. You go over to 1 Kings 8, God separates Israel apart from um, the nations. You look at Hebrews 8, where, where the new covenant is given to them out here in this time period, reiterated for them in writing. Israel does not go to their neighbor and teach. They all know the Lord and so forth. So they're out now baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And again, that has to do with authority. Okay? They have authority. But now they're in the kingdom. They're still operating on the same authority. In the kingdom... You have David resurrected to sit as king. You have the 12 apostles sitting on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes. So we have a governmental structure, a hierarchy, and then they then will go out to the nations that fall underneath the tribes. When they go out, they're going to go out in the same authority that they started with. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's about authority. In the name of Jesus, right, it's authority. Then he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Well, what did he teach them to observe? He taught them to observe the law. Matthew chapter 5 Keep, I'm not here to, to uh, well, go over there to Matthew 5. I'm going to butcher the verse. Matthew 5, verse 17, Think not that I am come to, to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. 
Verse 19, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven, but whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So they're going to teach the law, just not the Mosaic law, but now the, the law, the Messianic law, the law of the new covenant. That's what they're teaching now. So rather than it being an if and then, come back with me to Zechariah. Oh, I've got to find that verse. Hang on, got my note. Look at Zechariah 8. Zechariah 8, I think it is. All righty, Zechariah 8 and Isaiah 2. I think it is. Yeah. So, um, Isaiah 2, let's start in Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2, 1. The word of Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days at the mountain of the Lord's house. And again there, the mountain there is symbolizing a type of picture of the kingdom. Daniel 2, 44, 45. Houses shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations, notice now, shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of Jacob, of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of the Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Notice, what he's going to teach them his ways, and he's going to teach them the paths, his paths. Come over to Jeremiah. Actually, we need Ezekiel. So hold on to Jer uh, uh, whatever I told you a minute ago. Look at, look at Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36. So when we say they're going to teach the law... It's going to be under the new covenant manifest. Ezekiel 36, you have Ezekiel explaining out the issue here of the new covenant. He starts really the whole past, the whole chapter, but just dump, jump in here, verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, now watch, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God." That is all pertaining to the nation of Israel. So Israel has the new covenant. It's, it's instilled in them as one of the events of the second coming. They go into the kingdom. The commission into the kingdom now is you're not going to teach each other because you've got it. Can't teach your brother, Jeremiah 31, Hebrews 8. But rather, you're going to go out now to all of the nations, the Gentiles out there, and you're going to go in the authority of the Godhead, and you're going to teach them the law. But not Moses' law, but the law under the Messianic law, the law under the New Covenant. Now, watch them do this. Verse oh, 30, 36. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I... No, by the way, notice that carefully. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know. They're left round about them because God. that's after his second coming. So in his second coming, he does not wipe out humanity. He's dealing specifically in the Middle East with the nations that have been called to the battlefield under the Antichrist. He says, they're left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that that was desolate, and I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. 
Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock, as a holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem uh, in her solemn feast, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Notice verse 37. The Lord says, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel. Israel's going to turn and look to the Lord God, Jehovah God here, and he's, they're going to say, what you just did for us, do it to them. And the them there is a reference to the heathen in verse 36, to the nations. And I will notice what he says, I will increase them with men like a flock. In the kingdom out here, they're going to teach them the law. Zechariah chapter 8, run over there. You've got to put this stuff together, you know. <laughs> Got all these pieces. That board's complicated if you're just joining us right now. You, huh? Look at Zechariah 8. Look at verse 20. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, It shall come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities, and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts, in Jerusalem, and to pray before the Lord. There's the kingdom. Verse 23, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days, so in the days when the inhabitants of the earth are going to say, we got to go to Jerusalem and seek the Lord, it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all the languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. If you let your eye run back up to, over to verse 13, he says, And it shall come to pass that as ye were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and a house of Israel, so will I save you, and yet and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. What are they going to do out here? They're going to go out here and they're going to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant in the new covenant. And they're going to say, Lord, God, do to those Gentiles out there that are believing, that are here. They're flowing into Jerusalem. They're up here to hear the words. Right? Give them a new heart. Give them a new spirit. Write your laws in their heart. Write your laws and cause them to walk in your ways. And that's what they're doing in Matthew 28. That's what they're doing in the kingdom for the thousand years. Okay? So when you come to the end of the Gospels, the order here, he says you have authority. You're going to go start in Jerusalem. Then you're going to have great protection to do your job and to be protected in the 70th week when trouble comes. By the way, it's not just 70th week, it's when the trouble comes. Because if you go back to Daniel 9, there's rumors of wars and wars and all this stuff. You have protection. You got the order. Now you're going to work it out, Judea, Samaria, into the world. And by the way, when we get over here to the kingdom, this is what you're going to do too. So for the disciples and the apostles if you have to have both words but for the disciples the little flock you know what they understood the day after the day of resurrection they were beginning to understand the rest of their story and the fact that Luke 24:45 says he opened their understanding of the scripture they didn't go huh what's that supposed to mean they instantly knew it that's how in acts 1 how Peter understood that uh, the need for there to be the 12th apostle 
So he quotes Psalms 41, Psalms 69, Psalms 109. He starts quoting a bunch of Psalms, and everybody's looking at him like, holy cow, where'd you get that from? Well, he had his understanding open. That's why in Acts 1 there, verse 3, when he talks about 40 days and speaking of them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's why they ask the question, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? He's like, no, we got, there's things to do here. Again, the body's not in here, okay? There's things to do here. And I would have put up the chart, but it washes out the camera. So, and without Ricky here to adjust, I just draw it on the board. So when you think about th those five post-commissions, they weren't walking around going, what do we do now? What do we do next? They knew exactly what was needed to be done. They're given the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives to then go walk in the details laid out for them. Okay? So, as we end Matthew 28, and he says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. What happens out here at the end, Satan is loosed, goes out and deceives the nations. Isn't that interesting? He went and got the nations that would not follow that little flock's ministry. The Lord sends a fireball out of heaven like he does with Elijah and Baal, the Baal worshipers. Great white throne judgment happens, and then we're out into the new. And he says, you know what? Lo, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. And when he says with you, it's like what Paul says, we're going to forever be with the Lord in the air. It is not a proximity as in me to Paul. It's rather a who we are in him. As we sit as members of the body and as he sits as actually king of kings and lord of lords, the rightful owner of the universe. It's, done, it's not talking about him being proximity. Now, the new Jerusalem comes and sits on the earth, so his location will be here on the earth, but he won't be out, you know. And so people get so, I don't know, idiotic about some of that. Oh, we got to be with him. It's not, it's not talking about being, because... We're, we're, we meet the Lord in the air. He presents us to the Father. He goes off and finishes up the prophetic program. We didn't go with him, but we're with him as in who we are in him. So anyway, so that wraps up Matthew, and uh, we'll start Mark next week, okay? All right. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for the evening, Lord. We thank you for your word and for the study of it and the power that it, and the clarity that it brings to our lives. And we'll give you the praise for that. In your name we pray. Amen.